And I want to read now from the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel according to Matthew. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 7, reading from verse 13 to the end of the chapter. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 13. This is the last section of the Sermon on the Mount preached by our Lord. He says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain came down the streams rose the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash when Jesus had finished saying these things the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. We end our reading at the close of this uh, seventh chapter from Matthew's Gospel. Now friends, our text this evening is, is found in Matthew chapter 17, verses 13 and 14. Verses 13 and 14. Uh, the Lord Jesus says, Enter through the narrow gate. 
For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. If Jesus of Nazareth was taking a course in evangelism at many theological colleges today, he would undoubtedly fail miserably. If he was applying to be the minister of many evangelical churches, they would not want to have him. Because large sections of the evangelical church are in the process of making a major decision about how the world is to be reached for Christ. And the policy they're following we could call one of dumbing down. Uh, Many evangelicals believe genuinely that the way to reach people is for the church to make itself as like the world as possible. They tell us that people do not want to be taught, they want to be entertained and amused. And that is a policy that is going to have disastrous long-term consequences. And it's quite striking to look at these verses and see How very, very different is the approach of Jesus Christ as he preaches to people, uh, urging them to become Christians. And what he does, now here is the Son of God. Here is the greatest preacher who ever lived. And when he is urging people to become Christians, he doesn't make it as amusing and entertaining and easy as possible. He stresses the difficulties, the drawbacks, the hindrances, and the disadvantages of the Christian life. That's why I say he would fail at many courses in theological colleges. He lays out these difficulties with unsparing realism and honesty and then he gives the great overwhelming conclusive reason which cancels them all out and means that they don't matter he doesn't try to calm people he's not the door to door salesman he doesn't minimize the difficulties he doesn't present the product In a rosy light. He doesn't say that becoming a Christian means all your problems are solved and everything's easy and life is completely wonderful all the time. That wouldn't be true. That wouldn't be honest. And Jesus is always honest. And those who speak in his name, whether from a pulpit or in one-to-one conversation, we should be similarly honest with people. And if you're sitting here tonight and you're not yet a Christian, 
I'm going to try to be honest with you. To try not to hide anything from you. Or to pretend that Christianity is something different from what it is. Because there's no blessing in that. There's no future in that. That's why people get disillusioned and drop out. They're sold something that's not real. And that's not true. And when the excitement dies away, as it inevitably does, then they're discouraged and disgusted. Jesus never did that. He's talking about two roads here. Two ways to live. And we're going to look at five different things about these two roads. To compare and contrast them. To see what is the difference between them. So that if you're not on the road that leads to life. Maybe God will speak to you this evening. And maybe you'll say to yourself. I need to change my life. I need to change the road I'm on. Let's, let's look in our text again. Let me reread the text. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it now what are the differences between these two roads well we see firstly that there is the road of drift and the road of decision the road of drift and the road of decision naturally as human beings we're all a bit lazy and we don't like being put into a corner or put on the spot or forced to make a choice. We, we especially don't like being asked to make a, an immediate choice. We, we resist that. In most uh, newspaper polls, there's always a large don't know column. People don't like having uh, to make a choice. The power of laziness is, is very strong within us. Some of you may have heard of uh, the commercial approach called inertia selling. I'm sure most of us have been subject to inertia selling. What is it? Somebody writes to you, they send you a pamphlet in the mail. You have been selected out of all the community to receive this pamphlet because you're the sort of person they know would be interested in your product. Let's say it's a book club. And you sign up for the book club. And they're going to send you a book every month. And you don't need to buy it. You don't need to buy it. You can send it back to them. You don't have to buy a single book. And yet if you join the book club, they'll give you three books now for a pound. Well, that's a good offer. Three books for a pound, and then you don't have to buy another book. Now what are they counting on? They're counting on human laziness. They're counting that when the book comes in the post, there'll be a lot of people who find it just simpler to pay for it than to go and parcel it up and take it to the post office and pay the postage and send it back. And it obviously works. People join these things uh, and inertia selling. They just can't be bothered stopping. That's why people are always saying, now, if you would like to pay by a banker's standing order, that would be convenient for us. Well, why are they saying that? Because they know that most people won't be bothered to cancel a banker's standing order. If you join an organization, join the AA or something, you'll just keep the order going. You'll stay in. Inertia selling. We don't like to make decisions. We don't like to have to choose. If we've got an alternative 
of changing or staying as we are. Most of us will choose to stay as we are. And this is the first great obstacle to becoming a Christian. There's the road of drift and the road of decision. In these verses, Jesus doesn't say anything about entering the broad road or finding the broad road or walking along the broad road. Why? Because we're already in the broad road. We're born in the broad road. That is where every non-Christian person is. And to stay in the broad road, you don't have to make a decision. You don't have to make a choice. You don't have to do anything. To go to hell, if you're not a Christian, you don't have to do anything. You just have to stay exactly as you are. No painful choices, no changes, no decisions of any kind. Just procrastinate, just put it off, just drift on in your own way. The other road, on the other hand, it has to be found and it has to be entered. Enter the narrow road. You're not on it. You're not on it. You have to enter. And there are, many, there are few who find it. You have to make an effort. You have to make a conscious decision. To become a Christian, you have to take action. You have to change your whole way of life, your whole thinking, your whole approach to things. And people, naturally being lazy, are reluctant to do that. How many people there are who would they don't say, well, I'm never going to become a Christian. But they say, well, I'll get round to it sometime. I'll do it someday, not, but not now, not today. Maybe you'll say, well, I'd like to be a Christian, but not this evening. The road of drift, the road that doesn't need to be found, the road that doesn't need to be entered. You just stay as you are. Don't change anything. And the other road is the road of decision. You've got to find it. And when you find it, You've got to enter it. Secondly, there's the road of self-indulgence and the road of self-denial. The road of self-indulgence and the road of self-denial. Jesus says about one road, wide is the gate. Wide is the gate. There are no luggage restrictions on this road. There is no minimum weight. You can take more than 22 kilograms of luggage on this road. You can bring whatever you like. On the, on the non-Christian road, there are no restrictions almost of, of any kind. You can believe whatever you like. You can believe in any religion you like, any God you like, or no God. You can behave as long as you behave within the law of the land, you can behave in any way you like. You can do it any, whatever you like. You can please yourself. Nobody's going to stop you. Wide is the gate. You can bring anything with you, any amount of baggage or luggage or any kind. Our age worships this principle of, of doing your own thing, pleasing yourself, making your own choices. 
And on this road, you can. That's why it's so attractive. That's why so many people go along this road. Because you're your own boss. You're your own master. You can live your life any way you please. And no one is going to try to restrict you or limit you or prevent you in any way. Wide is the gate on this road. But then the other road, the road of God, small is the gate. Or narrow is the gate. There's a very narrow entrance into God's road. It's like a turnstile into a football ground. You can just about squeeze in. You can't bring a whole lot of luggage on this road. It is restricting. It is limiting. It is confining. You can't bring all your sins with you on the road of God. You can't bring all your rights with you on the road of God. You can't walk God's road and say, I'll do as I please. I'll be my own master. That's not possible. Jesus says you can't even bring your own self with you on the road of God. Unless a man denies himself, he cannot be my disciple. It's a narrow gate. All must be left behind. On the road of God, there are strict limitations. God's word tells us what we must believe. And we are limited by that. God's word tells us those sins that we must give up. And we must give them up. God tells us those duties that we must carry out. And we must carry them out. One road is the road of self-indulgence. Do as you please. The other road is the road of self-denial. Do as Christ pleases. One is a very wide gate and one has a very small gate. The road of indulgence and the road of self-denial. Thirdly, we have here the road of ease and the road of exertion. The road of ease and the road of exertion. One road is broad. And I think the picture there is of a wide, level, smooth road. It's a very easy road to travel. It has got an excellent surface. It's well maintained. There are no steep climbs, no sharp gradients, no acute bends. It's a broad, comfortable, smooth road to travel. On the road of sin, there are no costly sacrifices to make. There are no difficult choices that we are faced with. Everything seems pleasant and comfortable. The way of sin is the way of the soft option. The way of compromise, of flabbiness, of giving in. We're swimming along with the current. We're doing what comes naturally. We don't need to practice. We don't need to work. We don't need to try to sin. It's easy to sin. You just let go and let it all come out. The road is broad. The other road, says Jesus, is very different. 
It's narrow. It's a very unwelcoming looking road. The surface is rough. It is steep. It is lined with rock walls. It's a narrow little path up which you have to stumble and climb and stagger. It's not at all an easy road. The Christian life isn't easy. Again and again, Jesus made that plain. And we have to emphasize it today. The Christian life isn't easy. Paul says in Acts 14.22, We must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. We must. If you're a Christian, you're going to have trouble and you're going to suffer. It's a must. It's a necessity. We're going to be tempted to sin. And it's very hard to resist temptation. If we're true Christians, we're going to be persecuted. Jesus says, if you're not persecuted, there's something wrong with your Christian profession. He was persecuted by the religious leaders of his day. And he said, the servant is not above his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And that's very difficult. And some of the Christian service we have to do is very demanding and exhausting and hard. There are two roads. There's a road of ease and there's a road of exertion. And then fourthly, there's the road of the majority and the road of the minority. The road of the majority and the road of the minority. Concerning one road, he says, many enter through it. Many enter through it. It's comforting, isn't it, to be in a crowd. Uh, I've noticed a, a particular um, psychological weakness in myself recently. Well, probably you, have, uh, the members of this congregation, have noticed lots of psychological weaknesses in me. Uh, don't tell me about them tonight, please. Um, I'm always a bit fragile after I've finished preaching. Uh, but I've noticed that if I go to a, a new area where I've never been before and I want to park my car, if there are no other cars parked on that stretch of road at all, I'm very uneasy about whether you're allowed to park your car or not. And I find myself sort of going and asking people, is it all right to park here? If there are five or six cars parked, uh, I suppose that shows my moral cardus. I'm quite happy to park. Well, there's somebody else here, I'll be all right. But if I'm the first to park the car, I wonder, is there a yellow line or is parking forbidden or am I going to be fined for this? I feel conspicuous and alone and isolated. Now, you'll never feel conspicuous on the broad road. You'll never feel isolated or lonely. You'll be in a crowd. The broad road is packed with people. You'll have lots of company. Laughter, enjoyment, jollification. And if you're walking along the broad road, there'll be thousands of people all around you traveling on the same road, good companions all heading in the same direction. And if ever you doubt, if ever you're worried, you just need to look around 
and say, well, there are lots of people traveling in this road. There can't be anything very wrong with a road that is so well traveled. You can look around in your, in your community and say, well, there are lots of people who aren't Christians and they're decent people. There are lots of people who don't go to church. There are lots of people who don't read their Bibles. There are lots of people who've never been converted. They're not monsters. The other road is very different. Jesus says only a few find it. If you walk on the road of God, you're going to be isolated. There are going to be times when you're conspicuous and lonely and odd and out of place. You may be the only Christian in the place where you work. And people won't be slow in pointing out how odd you are. You may be the only Christian in your school or university. You may be the only Christian in your family. And we all hate to feel alone and, and conspicuous. And Christians often are conspicuous. Can you see why... Uh, the Lord Jesus would have failed his evangelism exam. What has he told the people? Well, he's told the people that if you want to be a Christian, you have to make a really big decision, and you have to deny yourself, and you have to take a lot of trouble, and you're going to be quite lonely at times. That's a pretty grim assessment, isn't it? You listening to me, some of you may think, well, if that's what being a Christian is, forget it. But it's the final contrast that makes all the difference. Because the final contrast is between the road that leads to hell and the road that leads to heaven. The road, in Jesus' words, that leads to destruction and the road that leads to life. Because we've been talking for the last 20-25 minutes about two roads. And we haven't asked the most important question that you have to ask about any road. What is the most important question? What's the most important thing you want to know about any road? Where is it going to? You don't say, well, this looks a nice smooth road, we'll go here. Not if you're on a journey. You want to find out if it's in the right direction. We're not so worried about how many people are traveling along a road, or how smooth it is, or how steep it is, or how broad or how narrow. We want to know, is it going where I want to go? Where is this road going? That's the most important question about any road and yet friends here's the amazing thing that is the one question that a lot of people living today don't ask about their lives that's the one question they don't ask where is my life going they want a broad road they want an easy road they want a comfortable road they want a popular road but they never say Where's the road going? Where's the road going? 
And this is the final devastating contrast. What is the end of all this? And Jesus says this road, this broad road, that this of being a non-Christian, it looks so inviting. It's so popular and you can do whatever you like and you can please yourself and you can live life however you please and you'll have lots of company. But it leads to destruction. Some of you may be on that road this evening. Don't kid yourselves. Don't comfort yourself. Because it's broad and the gate's wide and it's smooth and there are lots of people on the road with you. It leads to destruction. This broad road, as you come towards the end of life, begins to narrow. And it starts to slope downhill. And the people traveling along the broad road stop laughing and and talking and joking and they begin to worry, many of them, and to look increasingly anxious. And a terrible fear starts to haunt some of them. And they see before them a dark valley, the valley of death. And after death comes destruction what the Bible calls hell, the destruction of everything good. No more love, no more kindness, no more beauty, no more truth, no more joy, no more peace, no more life, but terrible, terrible torment. The road leads to destruction. And the opposite is true of the narrow road. As we travel along that road and come towards the end of life's journey, the road begins to widen and we see a light shining ever more brightly on the path. And at the end of the road, we see a breathtaking landscape opening out before us, a landscape of beauty and wonder and glory. And we see on that road the footsteps of Jesus Christ who went before us. And that road leads to life, real life, in all its fullness and joy. My friends, what is the point of leading a life of drift and of ease and of self-indulgence and of popularity, the road of the majority? What's the point of a life like that if it ends in destruction, as it will? And what do we care if the other road is narrow and steep and difficult at times? The truth is, it's leading to life. It's leading to life. If you had a choice in in, in some physical way, you wouldn't hesitate. If there was a storm coming or a flood coming, And you had two roads in front of you and one was wide and easy and the other was very steep. And somebody said, well now the wide road will lead you deeper into the floodwaters. The steep road will lead you to a place of safety. Which road would you take? You wouldn't hesitate. 
This is the choice we have to make. Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the gate. Enter through the gate. The broad road has become a joke today in our society. People laugh about the broad and flowery path. It's no joke. And millions of people who have travelled it are not joking now. And if it were possible to change, they might change, but they've died and it's too late. But it's not too late for you. The road to life is before you. And Jesus is the gate. And the gate is still open. Enter. Enter through the narrow gate. Small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. But it does lead to life eternal. Amen. Let us bow in prayer. We pray, O God, for any here in our midst who have not yet committed their lives in repentance from sin and in saving faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you will use these verses of Scripture to make them stop and think, that they will not be bewitched by the breadth and smoothness of the road, the many people who are traveling on it, but that they may see that it ends inevitably in destruction, in an eternity of sorrow and anguish. And we pray, O oh God, that you will help them to look at the narrow road with new eyes. And Father, we thank you that when we begin to walk that road, it is not nearly as difficult as we might have feared. For there is someone who walks it with us, who has traveled it before us, who knows the way, who is the way who strengthens us and enables us and guides us step by step along that narrow road. And we thank you that as we travel it, we see ever more clearly the wonderful life which awaits every true traveler at the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.